Hello and welcome back to Latter-day Ramblings. Today I'd like to talk about polygamy. And I probably sound way more excited than I actually am. That's just the voice I put on for show. But um, I just want to be clear that I'm really struggling um, with this in particular, with many things actually, but this is just something that I cannot make sense of either way. So today I'd just like to go over the facts and try to draw a reasonable conclusion. Um, of course, it's going to be my own personal opinion. Feel free to disagree with me. I'm just trying to make sense of it. So because it's such a complicated topic, um, I've decided I'll probably make multiple episodes on it. Um, today's episode I'll just focus on um, Joseph Smith's polygamy. Um, so between 1831-1844, because that's what um, I've studied the most, that's what I am the most knowledgeable of. So yeah, let's get started. Um, first, I want to go over um, what I knew about polygamy in the church before researching it myself. So what, I, what was I taught about polygamy uh, in Sunday school and seminary and all these things? I wasn't taught anything. I I'd only been taught that it had happened at one point, um, but we weren't given any details or uh, we weren't taught that the prophets also practiced it or why it was practiced or nothing about any of the intricacies or even the more like general ideas. Uh, so yeah, I'm very disappointed in my education on this and it does make me a little bit uh, frustrated um, because it does make me feel like I've been lied to or that the church has withheld information from me. Information that I think is pretty important. Um, it's pretty significant, uh, pretty relevant as well, and I think more people should know about it. I think everyone should know about it and draw their own conclusions. We have the right to know these things. And, well, if you're talking about transparency, the church has been doing better since the Gospel Topics essays came out, uh, started coming out in 2013. Um, but we still got a long way to go because I didn't even know they existed until I went on Reddit and found that uh, people were talking about them, which is like a year and a half ago now. I'd never been taught about them in church, never by any of my teachers, nothing. I had no idea this information was available. But so, the church has four essays on polygamy. Uh, as of now, I've read the first two, which are about polygamy in general and about Joseph Smith's polygamy in Kirtland and Nauvoo. But, okay, let's start with the actual information. First, I want to talk about how many wives there are. Just generally, how many wives did Joseph Smith have? Um, well, it's not entirely clear. Um, some of the records are not found, as I understand it. I think... Um, most people set the number at around like between 30 and 40. Um, most scholars hover like between them. Like I think Brian Hales sets it at 34 as a minimum. Okay, so next question. Who were the women that he married? Well, this is very um, interesting and I'd say troubling information. The first important statistic I came across is that 12 of the women he married were already married to other men. Um, this is called polyandry. And just like uh, polygamy, it was not legal. 
And it's even weirder than polygamy because at least polygamy has some kind of scriptural basis, although that basis can definitely be disputed, but there's no example of polyandry in the scriptures at all. But I'll get into the reasons why and the scriptural uh, things in a minute. Uh, Right now, I just want to focus on the facts, even though it's really hard not to jump ahead or um, get subjective about it because I have a lot of opinions, I have a lot of emotions. It's a lot, okay? So the next piece of information you've come across is that uh, Joseph Smith married seven teenagers at the ages ranging from 14 to 17, specifically two 14-year-olds, two 16-year-olds, and two 17-year-olds, with an age gap between the girl and Joseph Smith ranging between 12 years and 24 years. So I think it's fair to say that that raises an eyebrow. Um, But the very first argument people make um, when I bring this up, which is not very often, but, well, the first argument they make is, um, well, you're looking at it with your modern perspective. Um, It was very normal back then to get married at that age and with that age gap. And to that I say, well, actually, no, it wasn't. The average um, marriage age and this around this period was uh, 20 to 21 for women, even older for men. And the very significant age gap was very abnormal, uh, both at the time and today. Um, That's just about um, commonality, about normality. Let's talk about legality. So legally speaking, this was allowed um, in most states. Um, marrying a girl that young, that is. I haven't been able to find a lot of census data uh, about this, but most sources um, I perused indicate that the age of consent or the age of uh, legal marriage for a woman is around 12 to 14 years old in most states. But keep in mind that polygamy and polyandry were illegal everywhere. So Joseph Smith and um, his associates uh, that also practiced polygamy in um, Nauvoo, Illinois, were in fact breaking the law, which is why it was practiced in secret. He even ordered to destroy a printing press, the Nauvoo Expositor, for exposing his and uh, the Mormons' illegal practice of polygamy. So yeah, they kept it quiet and lied about it to the public, and only the inner circle knew about it. He didn't even tell his wife, Emma, uh, his first wife, for a really long time, even though uh, it says in Doctrine and Covenants 132, the revelation on polygamy, that uh, it's necessary that she has to give her consent before he is allowed to practice it. But it turns out that Joseph's practice of polygamy is completely uh, not in line with that revelation at all, in basically any aspect. So I'd like to go over that right now. Okay, so let's start with verse 61. Um, If any man espouse a virgin and desire to espouse another, and the first give her consent, and he espouse the second, and they are virgins, and have vowed to no other man, then is he justified. He cannot commit adultery, for they are given unto him. For he cannot commit adultery with that that belongeth unto him, and to no one else. Okay, so there's uh, several things, but... um, The first thing is, okay, the first rule of polygamy, um, according to God, supposedly, is that all the women involved have to be virgins, 
um, before marrying Joseph. But since we know that polyandry was a thing, uh, that he married uh, about 10 or 11 um, women who already had husbands, this rule is already broken. Okay, then in verse 63, God gives a reason for polygamy. So, um, I'll read that uh, now. But if one or either of the ten virgins, after she is espoused, shall be with another man, she has committed adultery, and shall be destroyed. For they are given unto him to multiply and replenish the earth according to my commandment, and to fulfill the promise which was given by my father before the foundation of the world, and for their exaltation in the eternal worlds, that they may bear the souls of men. For herein is the work of my father continued, that he may be glorified. So polygamy is about multiplying and replenishing the earth. So um, Joseph Smith actually had zero children with um, th these women. So that's a bit strange, right? Because, I mean, multiplying and replenishing the earth is literally the only reason God really gives for polygamy in any scripture. Um, so Old Testament, Doctrine and Covenants, I think even the Book of Mormon. Then the next question is, did Joseph Smith have sex with any of these women? And the answer is yes. In fact, there's a list of quotations from the women themselves or their direct family members on josephsmithspolygamy.org, which prove this claim. So the first one is about Fanny Elger. Fanny Elger was the first plural wife of Joseph Smith. She was 16 um, when they were, well, it's not entirely certain, actually. Um, it's an interesting story because uh, there's a quote from Oliver Cowdery. He actually called it a dirty, nasty, filthy affair. So it wasn't really officially a marriage at first. It actually seemed to be adultery. And so scholars are like divided on that, whether she was actually a wife or not. Um, so that's very confusing. But there's other stories that are, that are a lot less ambiguous, a lot more th more forthright on the topic of sex. For example, um, here's a quote from Louisa Beeman. Louisa was um, Joseph's third plural wife, and her brother-in-law, uh, Joseph Bates Noble, apparently was asked um, where Joseph and Louisa slept together, and he responded, right straight across the river at my house, they slept together. So you can pretty much draw the conclusion that they did have sex or sexual relations. Um, and this next quote from Emily Partridge is even more obvious. Emily Partridge was Joseph's 21st wife. And here she was asked, um, well, she was under oath in a deposition. Um, she was asked, do you make the declaration that you ever slept with him in the same bed? To which she answered, yes, sir. So that's pretty clear. And there's another quote about uh, Elmira Johnson, who was Joseph's 23rd plural wife. Uh, this is from her brother. Um, and he claimed that Joseph Smith was at his house and that he occupied his sister Elmira's room and bed. So it's clear that Joseph Smith had sex or sexual relations with at least a few of his plural wives. Although it's definitely possible that um, he had sex with more, uh, but we just don't have any record of it, so it's hard to work out. But okay, now I want to talk about 
Emma, where is Emma in this whole ordeal? And has she given permission? So there's a record of uh, Emily Partridge, who I just talked about, um, that Emma had no idea about this, uh, basically, at least at the beginning. So this is the quote. The Prophet Joseph and his wife Emma offered us a home in their family, and they treated us with great kindness. We had been there about a year when the principle of plural marriage was made known to us, and I was married to Joseph Smith on the 4th of March, 1843, Elder Heber C. Kimball performing the ceremony. My sister Eliza was also married to Joseph a few days later. This was done without the knowledge of Emma Smith. Two months afterwards, she consented to give her husband two wives, providing he would give her the privilege of choosing them. She accordingly chose my sister Eliza and myself, and to save family trouble, Brother Joseph thought it best to have another ceremony performed. Accordingly, on the 11th of May, 1843, we were sealed to Joseph Smith a second time in Emma's presence. End quote. So yes, um... Joseph Smith lied about already having married these the two Partridge sisters, um, and then when Emma gave him permission to marry those two sisters, he just faked the ceremony again. And this is not the only instance that uh, something like this happened, that a marriage happened behind Emma's back. Uh, for example, um, there's a letter that Joseph wrote to Newell K. Whitney um, uh, because he, he wanted to marry his daughter Sarah, um, and he wanted both of them to come visit him uh, when Emma was not there. So here is the relevant quote. Uh, quote, The only thing to be careful of is to find out when Emma comes, then you cannot be safe. But when she is not here, there is the most perfect safety. Only be careful to escape observation as much as possible. I know it is a heroic undertaking, but so much the greater friendship and the more joy when I see you. I will tell you all my plans. I cannot write them on paper. Burn this letter as soon as you read it. Keep all locked up in your breasts. My life depends upon it." End quote. So yeah, he really didn't want Emma to know because he knew she wouldn't like it, she would disapprove of it. And he just did it anyway, even though that's exactly what God told him not to do. So let's just be fair. All of this, you know, the polygamy, polyandry, uh, the sneaking around, the secrecy, not telling his wife, um, it's just, it's not looking good for Joseph. So we already know that uh, Joseph disobeyed uh, God's original revelation uh, in Doctrine and Covenants 132. So then you can say, okay, well, polygamy was wrong in the way it was practiced but polygamy itself is a divine principle. And that's, well, that's definitely a conclusion that you can draw from this if you want to, although I personally um, can't. Um, and I'll explain my reasoning in the next episode about all my issues with DNC 132. And so this week we talked about the facts and the legality, so the objective part of the history of polygamy. And next week, uh, we'll deal with the morality and my own subjective opinion and my conclusion. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and, well, have a good day.